0: Ahoy there, maidens! It be me, Captain Chestbeard, and this be an especially frightful episode of the Tuesday Night Podcast. Why is it so scary, ye ask? Well, that shark bait SBJ, he's nowhere to be found. Even more Frightful Yet, Sean McCoy, that jellyfish bone son of a gun, he is on this episode! Yeah, most Frightful Yet is probably that we planned on releasing this here episode before Halloween, but it's not. It's AFTER Halloween! And if you think that be frightful, wait until you hear Sean McCoy's tale of The Chamber of Echoes. It will shiver you right down to the timbers. Her, Plus, Alan Gyarding and Sean discuss movies. That should be board games. So, sit back and be frightened, scared, terrified, even as we get into this 56th episode of the Tuesday Night Outcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Get this shit over with. <laughs> hey, it's Alan Gerding, and this is the 56th episode of the Tuesday Night Podcast. This is a podcast all about board games that you can play on and under your table with your friends, family, frenemies, whatever. SBJ is not hosting, he's dead this week. How's that feel, Sean? That SBJ is the one who's dead this week?
2: I feel surprisingly nothing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and this is our spooky Halloween episode, but per tradition, I'm going to say random fact number seven, I've lost count of how many times I've been stitched up. I've gotten a lot of stitches before. Got a lot of scars. Hey, Sean. What's up? You ready for a scary episode of the Tuesday Night Podcast? As long as it's still light
2: outside, I'm ready to be scared.
1: ha. <laughs> Here's what we thought of for the agenda. We're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about scary movies we think would make good games or re-themes of games we already know and love. We're just going to basically shoot the Halloween shit about scary movies and games. But then, how about we tell some scary stories, Sean?
2: That sounds good to me.
1: Do you know what scary story
2: you're going to tell? I do indeed.
1: Let's just get right to it. Let's go into the topic of the episode. Excuse me, Sam. Do you have the time? But of course, it be topic time. So, Sean, you've seen some scary movies, yeah?
2: I've seen a few. I wasn't like uh, I wasn't allowed to watch scary movies as a kid, and then scary movies, even to this day, still terrify me. <laughs> and so, uh, every year,
1: <laughs> Ooh. sorry,
2: every year that's gone on. I've liked horror movies more and more and more, mostly just because a horror movie can really be anything. There's just no rules at all, and they can be wacky or funny or sad or scary or whatever. They can really just go off the rails in a a way that a lot of movies don't these days. Most movies, you see a trailer and you go pay to see the movie, and it either is what the trailer advertised or it's not. But rarely is it just like, who the fuck knows what I just saw. But you can still get that with horror movies. There's still just so many of them out there. So I've been interested in them them more and more and more every year. But you're kind of a movie buff, too. And I know you guys had a huge VHS library when you were a kid. So you've probably seen way more horror movies than I have.
1: Yeah, we owned every single Nightmare in Elm Street. You know what's crazy? No Halloweens whatsoever. So I haven't seen many Halloweens, which is crazy because I've seen all the Friday the 13th. My love for horror movies has had a weird journey because at first I loved them as a kid. Scary. Awesome. Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors. Best one. Man, changed my life. Not really. But I'm just saying that because it was that awesome. Then I got into a phase of really not liking horror movies because I was no longer scared by them and I became a stickler for plot. And so it didn't really make sense. For instance why is this demon making people scared like what's the motivation here and why is this bat gigantic i don't what what is its motivation and how is it gigantic like this we should be interested in the genetics of it not the fact that it's eating people like i'm kind of on the side of scientists which aren't even in this movie that we should capture that thing and figure out what the hell's making this thing so big Anyway, I've since come back around for reasons that you said is that it's really crazy how off the walls some horror movies can go. But I appreciate horror movies now more because other people find them scary. And I find that hilarious. So I love watching scary movies with other people. (laughs) Especially my wife. She hates it. What I do is after we watch a scary movie, I'll just mess with her the rest of the evening. Like, I remember after one night of watching a scary movie that she was particularly scared of, I just stood on the bed, stared at her, just freaked her out. She told me to stop, so I walked into the corner of the room and just stared into the corner of the wall, and that freaked her out. Stop acting so weird! But, yeah, I love her. It's one of the added benefits of being married. Uh, So, let's get into it. Movies, you think? Games? Games? Movies? What do you think?
2: You know, I thought about this a lot, and I think you know that when it comes to board games, I'm a theme-first kind of guy, as opposed to a mechanics-first kind of guy. Yeah. If it doesn't look like a world I'd like to, you know, exist in for a little bit, then, you know, like, you're never going to get me to play a game like uh, New York 1803 or you know, whatever it is that they always give away for free at BGG con grid of
0: power,
2: grid of power, Machi Koro, just games that don't sound like there's anything interesting going on from like a story perspective. Don't, don't super interest me. But when I see a movie like the thing, which is just, you know, John Carpenter's version, like one of the all time great sort of horror sci-fi blend movies, which I actually think would make a great like AMC showtime HBO series, I think that would make a great board game. Um, replicating, you know, it has in it a lot of things that are sort of, maybe not trending, but it's got a social deduction element, it's got a hidden role element, there's some co-op elements. I think games like Fury of Dracula, or what's the new *Inspector Ops, um, kind of like scratch that same itch, but you could mix them with, say like Dark Moon, which has a very thingish quality to it. In fact, people might even say that Dark Moon already is the theme. Uh, the thing is a board game but just an unabashed like th- the thing remake
1: yeah I would say panic station is definitely a stronghold
2: games attempt
1: at the thing
2: ooh what's what's panic station?
1: Panic Station? (laughs) Oh, Stronghold Games. It's the Hidden Betrayer game. Basically, you have to get gasoline tanks into the hive to destroy it. It's like a mix of Thing and Alien, but you control androids. You have characters on the board, but you have to exchange items in your equipment deck anytime you walk into a room with another player. And one of the things you can exchange is the virus. So now they're part of the enemies as well. And so basically, the virus is you were alone in the room with them. And so now you can transform them into the bad guy as well
2: that's crazy because they also they also make dark moons so somebody over there must really like the thing
1: yeah but it's weird because neither one of them just wholeheartedly just say this is the thing exactly what about thingy
2: thingy's got some thingishness to it also that I really like. That's why I feel like it's primed for it. I mean, it's just such a great concept, and that's why I feel like it would be a great TV show, because you could just do The Thing a million times over by a million different directors, a million different writers. Even with that core concept, never come up with the same thing. But that inherent element of betrayal and not knowing who's who, and then the huge gross-out factor, of course, it's just a solid concept.
1: You know what's cool about The Thing? You realize that's an H.P. Lovecraft uh, Cthulhu story.
2: Yeah, it's definitely got that sort of vibe to it. You could call it, I guess you could call it the Mountains of Madness, right? Would be its closest sort of analog?
1: No, that's it. You nailed it. You got it. Yeah, so that's technically a Cthulhu movie.
2: Yeah, like uh, things that are H.P. Lovecraft adjacent, like The Thing, are always better than like things that are just direct adaptations of H.P. Lovecraft's work, I've found. You know, The Mist, which is the second thing on my list, is similar to that, in that it feels very H.P. Lovecrafty, even though it's a Stephen King story.
1: To- oh god the the new the recent mist so good so good Oh yeah you talking oh, about the yeah. Tom
2: Jane one the the um Frank one? one
1: Oh I uh, it's well shoot you just named some names with which I'm embarrassingly not familiar but basically the one where they're in the grocery store
2: Yeah 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 Tom Jane's the punisher he's the main guy Yeah And then Frank Darabont did uh, Shawshank Redemption and Green Mile and The Mist. So he was good at like Stephen King stuff. And then he started The Walking Dead series, but they ousted him after a season.
1: Oh, those sons of guns. No, I love it. But go on. So The Mist as a game.
2: The Mist would be my number two because, again, it's got that like co-op competitive. It's very two rooms in a boomy, right? You've got this group of paranoid people. And should we go out? Should we go in? Uh, But there's like some resource, resource management. Like if we don't go out. You know, we're not going to be able to get the supplies we need to live. Just survival games. It could be a very Dead of Winter type game, right? Uh, Dead of Winter matches up almost perfectly with with The Mist. Yeah. uh, Or Forbidden Island, right? Like these survival-based games with sort of a hidden role element. And you've got a betrayer type character. But yeah, it it lays on top of Dead of Winter very, very easily with their Crossroads deck, their resource management to survive. Dead of Winter is basically a perfect anagram for what The Mist would be as a board game.
1: I totally agree with you that H.P. Lovecraft inspired movies are better than straight up H.P. Lovecraft movies. Definitely because usually there's horrible companies that do like I'm not sure if you've ever seen the movie Dagon or anything like that. But it's it's still kind of lacking. But man, anything that's inspired by H.P. Lovecraft seems so cool because it just, as you said earlier, breaks the rules. You don't know. Like, Dracula, really classic story. Of course, I can't mess with Dracula, but this day and age, we all know holy water, crosses, you know, stakes to the heart. Get back, vampire. Stop sparkling in my eyes. But imagine not knowing any of those rules and having to learn them firsthand. That's awesome. But that's the cool thing about hp lovecraft in my opinion is you have no idea what's going on these monsters are totally unheard of and the mist the spiders in the mist uh i don't want to i don't want to spoil for anyone but if you haven't seen the mist these spiders shoot webbing but it's acidic oh my goodness like if you get hit with the webbing it just takes your arm right off it's amazing oh,
2: And that, that brings up the classic DD problem which is like oh that's a hobgoblin oh that's you know this Like, naming your monsters is the easiest way to weaken them. But when they're just the thing, like, on the edge that you don't know what they do and they have these strange sort of abilities, that's when things get terrifying.
1: So scary. I got a good movie that I like. I'm going to go to the STD monster It Follows. Man, I love that movie. Oh, yeah. You introduced it to me.
2: Great flick, man. Just watched it again a few weeks ago.
1: So good. And it had so much style to it, the flavor. The juxtaposition of the time frame, because it looks like it's in the 80s, but then she just has this clamshell-type phone DS screen thing. So it's like, well, is it in present day? Is it in the 80s? I just, you can't tell. It's just such a juxtaposition. But anyways, that's just kind of off-putting in of itself that you really can't tell what time frame it's on but I just love the idea that just something slowly but steadily is always going for you and it's not dumb like that's the weird thing it has this basically one rule it's always coming after you that's basically it that's the one rule for the uninitiated it follows as a story about a sexually transmitted curse where if you have sex with someone now this creature is after you and the only way to stop it from following you and eventually getting you is by sleeping with someone else and passing it on but once it kills the person you passed it on to it's going back down the line oh man
2: it's funny because when people see this movie they actually think of it like a game well like i would go to russia and then you know once a year i would go and travel back to the U S and sleep with somebody else. And then they would come over here, you know? So once people hear the rules and I love how that movie just comes out and says, Hey, these are the rules of the movie. We're not going to break them. This is how it works. Your mind immediately starts thinking yet again, another great movie that would make a great TV show or series of movies as you go down the line and deal with the next person who gets this sort of disease curse and how they handle it as a, an actual game though. You know, it's almost like tag in a way at its very core mechanic But it would be like tag with some weird powers, right?
1: Not a bad idea. Yeah.
2: Although I'd love to do that. Get the get the license for (laughs) it follows, and and it is just a rule book for the game tag. (laughs) Uh, Does
1: the person who's it? have a specific person they're going after except they have to watch to see if you have sex with another player now they have to go after it so
2: you're it and it follows
1: it's following you all right he's after me someone have sex with me i don't know but yeah so yeah i don't know how you'd make that into the game that's a really good point the other game that i would love is it's already been made but i would just say like the aliens movies with chest poppers i love having this idea that you're a time bomb basically like you're impregnated with the alien and you're gonna die at some point and what do you do for the other people before this chest popper just bursts out I don't know, but you know, Legendary is a great game. Have you ever played the Legendary Games?
2: I've played the Legendary games. I haven't played Legendary Alien, which I hear fits the theme better than all the other ones. We
1: played Legendary together on Tabletop Day, International Tabletop Day.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. At Josh's store. Yeah, yep. exactly.
1: Uh Boardwalk. And then Legendary Aliens is a cooperative version, so it's fully cooperative. Man, it's intense. So it does a good job. So I can't really say that. I already wasted my time talking about Alien. What about Hellraiser, man?
2: I would like to see Aliens I would like to see Aliens as like an Imperial Assault or Descent type game Um, where, you know, you have your crew and you're like going through and clearing out these different missions and levels. Um, I feel like the the license is prime for this sort of like tactical combat Space Hulk miniatures game because it is kind of like Space Hulk essentially. But yeah, little Aliens miniatures, little Ripley miniature, people would love that.
1: It's funny you say that because... I remember when I saw the game Claustrophobia. Oh, yeah. I thought, oh, this is like aliens, except instead of aliens, it's demons. Exactly.
2: Great retheme for claustrophobia would be aliens based for sure.
1: Yeah, what about Hellraiser, man? Ha- have you seen the movie, Hellraiser?
2: So, from someone who's never seen the movie, the plot of Hail- Hellraiser to me is there's a guy named Pinhead? Nailhead, Pin Cushion Head, what I don't know his name.
1: Pinhead, but he's not actually called Pinhead in the first movie. He's unnamed, but yeah, people gave him the name Pinhead.
2: And then he comes into your world and then fucks with you or is it kind of like a um, tales from the crypt sort of thing where he like weaves together Dude,
1: let me just stop you right now. All right. Hellraiser is one of the most legitimately scary movies. To the point where a lot of people feel uncomfortable watching it. And the movie, for no better reason, should be watched because of the special effects they did, the actual effects. Because this is before CGI. I actually showed one of my coworkers recently the scene in Hellraiser where this guy, it's just a skeleton under the floorboards, blood starts trickling in into the floorboards and starts becoming flesh again. And they actually made like a wax corpse and melted it, but then played it in reverse
2: oh that sounds cool
1: and I I believe it got awards for it because all I hear all the time is the best werewolf transformation is American werewolf in London that is just crazy famous because of all the efforts and effects that they used for that transformation and then the hellraiser scene as well
2: I gotta check that out
1: man I watched it again recently with crystal my wife and it was amazing she really appreciated it even though it's scary as hell just because of all the work it goes into it but anyway pandora's box it's this puzzle box and you try to figure out how to open it but you don't want to open it bro because if you open it you open up a portal to hell and then they come on out and they torture you basically the idea is that only these really bizarre hedonists look for this box because they're so into their hedonistic pleasure ways that nothing really does it for them anymore. Heroin doesn't work, sex doesn't work. I basically burnt out all of my pleasure senses. So now they've crossed the line and are kind of going into snuff films. And the ultimate pleasure now is pain. So it's like this S&M type of over the top storyline. And then of course, once you've opened up Pandora's box, you totally regret it. Like, oh man, this hurts way too much. And then so there's these Cenobites that come out, and those are the characters that are like Hell's Guardians and they torture you, and it's it's worth watching, man. If nothing else, to appreciate the special effects.
2: Man, that sounds so cool. Um, so what kind of game, I'm thinking like a This House is Haunted style game where there's maybe dares or things like that. What, what what are you thinking in terms of a board game here?
1: I was thinking of making a box that's a puzzle. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay.
2: It's just, it's a Rubik's Cube.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's retheme the Rubik's Cube to Pandora's box. That's basically it.
2: I think this brings us to something we've talked about sort of off and on as a company for a little bit, is this whole escape room, escape room in a box, escape room subscription, this idea of games where there's a social sort of puzzle going on. Um, but adding sort of a horror theme or horror element to it, especially if it's got some sort of stakes going on, would would work really well. Like a Hellraiser themed escape room sounds really cool to me.
1: Yeah. A Hellraiser themed room is basically a room just full of hooks and chains. And basically, why would anyone ever make a room like this except to really get hurt? That's every single room in Hellraiser. Uh, it's... it's- <laughs>
2: who came up
1: with this so crazy
2: the biggest game i wanted to play as a kid that i've never played is the omega virus so somebody who's never played it let me describe it to you you know you're a bunch of guys running around a giant computer robot and it yells things at you like you have two minutes remaining and you have to get some keys, I think, that kind of thing. I thought that would be interesting rethemed as sort of like a ring, the ring style game, Ringu or whatever you want to call it, where there's an actual VHS tape that you have to put in. And at certain times, this the ring girl is going to come out and scare you for whatever reason, depending on what you do on the actual board itself. That would be super fun to me.
1: I own the Omega Virus. It's in the basement.
2: That's true. It's right there next to Dragon Strike and what's it? Hero Quest and Advanced Hero Quest and Warhammer Quest.
0: Fireball Island. Danger lurks on Fireball Island. More than a
2: mere board game, it's a three-dimensional adventure. Giant horizontal games in those classic board game boxes. It's interesting. That's like the that is the board game size to me. Like, as a kid, like, a long, thin, horizontal box, board game box, is like the classic board game box. But almost nobody in the industry makes games shaped like that anymore, presumably for shipping and shelf space reasons. But it's kind of funny that we grew up with, like, that's what board games go in. They go in this long box, presumably to fit the actual board inside, which relatively few games even come with these days.
1: There's only one person that I know that makes a board game that size nowadays, and that's Steve Jackson, Ogre.
2: Oh, man, yeah. (laughs) I want that game just so that I can say that I have it.
1: <laughs> uh, other horror movies that I've really enjoyed, I enjoy the Evil Dead movies, and there's plenty there that people have already... Done. In fact, I think... Wasn't there an Evil Dead Kickstarter
0: game?
2: Oh, wow. I don't know. I feel
1: know. like there was. Man, I'm going to look this up.
0: All right, you primitive screwheads. Listen up. See this? This is my Boomstick! The 12-gauge double barrel Remington, S-Smart's top of the line. Shop smart. Shop S-Smart.
1: Yep, Evil Dead. Evil Dead 2, the official board game. Yeah, I'm surprised I didn't back it. There must have been some reason I didn't back it. Probably because it was too much money. But I'm looking at the Evil Dead, the official board game. Oh, look at that. They've got Ash. All sorts of goodies. Anyway, the other movie I thought of was Vacancy. Because I really liked Vacancy back when I was in this snobbish movie, horror movie phase, because it was very plausible. Have you seen Vacancy or heard of Vacancy? I think
2: I've heard of it, but I don't know anything about it.
1: Here's the synopsis. Luke Wilson and Kate Beckinsale play an estranged married couple. They don't like each other very much. And Luke Wilson decides to take a shortcut on this road trip they're on, which is never a good idea because shortcuts never really work. Because if they worked, they wouldn't be called shortcuts. They would just be called the way so of course he's taking the shortcut and the car breaks down and the only thing around is this regular seedy looking motel in the middle of nowhere no cell phone signal nothing so they get this crappy motel room and they go into the room and it's just a king-size bed with the adjacent bathroom per usual and this old television that has a VHS player and there's all these blank unlabeled tapes Now, Sean, when you see blank unlabeled tapes, what do you think?
2: Sex tape, for sure.
1: Exactly, of course. And that's what Luke Wilson thinks, too. He's like, oh, (laughs) maybe we should watch some pornos. And he puts in a VHS tape, and he says, oh, man, this is lame. It's some low-quality horror movie where people are just getting murdered. But then he looks at the video closely, and then he turns around and looks at the room they're in, and he realizes... These people that are getting murdered in the video are in the exact same room that they're in right now. Oof! And then the lights go off. Vacancy.
2: Oh, that's actually pretty cool. It's
1: a really cool movie, man, because plausible. You don't have to. The motivation's there. It makes sense. And it's like, this could happen.
2: Oh, yeah. Happened to me the other day. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, how'd you do, by the way? Uh, Well, in mine, they were just sex tapes and they were in the same room. And that's when I realized I was in a sex dungeon. And um,
1: speaking of which, check out Sean's next Kickstarter: Sean Goes to Dallas.
2: <laughs> speaking of things that happen to me, I think maybe we should break out some scary stories now. What do you think?
1: Yeah, we've beat this horse to undeath. Yeah. Dun dun dun. <laughs> scary story time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: My story happened to me when I was just out of high school. I remember it because we had gone to see the Silent Hill movie that day. We went and saw Silent Hill matinee, and I loved the Silent Hill movie. Just a perfect example of that bonkers, who knows what the hell is going on kind of movie. And afterwards, we were talking about the siren sound, that bomb shelter warning sound that plays throughout the movie. That if I know Alan, it's probably playing in the background while I'm talking about this right now. And I was saying, man, if I ever heard that sound for real, like in that movie, I think I would just lay down and close my eyes. (laughs) I don't think I would do anything. I think I would just be so scared. I would just sit down and be like, well, it's over. (laughs) And my friends, my friends in this case will be played by the part of SBJ. Uh, So my friend SBJ said, hey, well, there's this place by my house that we've been meaning to excavate called the Chamber of Echoes. And this is sort of a, like a little sewer that runs under a um, railroad tracks. That we are, we've been talking about for months, like, we should go down there and see what's happening. And SBJ, not really SBJ, but SBJ in this story, is like, we should go check that out tonight. It's the perfect time. We just scared ourselves from watching Silent Hill. So it would be the perfect time to excavate the Chamber of Echoes. And I'm thinking, like, oh, man, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be out in the dark alone in a sewer someplace we're not supposed to be because alan also knows i'm a stickler for like we're not supposed to be here right now the convention people are going to yell at us like, that's that's one of my things but they're like we'll get a big group together we'll all go at once it won't be so scary so i think okay i can't check it out now so later that night probably around nine or ten o'clock at night um, when you know traffic's died down people are in their homes we make the trek it's me fake sbj And a few other friends of ours, Um, we'll say Logan and Will are there, (laughs) the B team.
1: I like this. Because people care about those people. They don't give a crap about our real friends. They don't care
2: about my real friends, yeah. So uh, we all meet up, and we got to walk like a mile to these train tracks. we got to, you know, park our cars, and the Chamber of Echoes is way, 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 way down the train tracks. So, you know, like we cut through the neighborhood, and it's getting darker, and, you know, we're like hopping over chain-link fences in people's yards. We get to the train tracks. We walk on the train tracks. We cross a bridge. Finally, we get to this, oh... Four and a half feet tall cement pipe that goes into the ground, a sewer, entrance, drain pipe, whatever. So it's me, SBJ in front, Logan and Will behind me, and then uh, a few other guests from the show like uh, Steve Avery or Lindsay Road. Lindsay Road's there, of course. They say, yeah, we kind of want to, we're going to hang back. There's like already four of you going in there. I mean, it's cramped in there. You You have to hunch to even stand up. Steve Avery's scared.
1: I'm picturing something that's scary, drippy, gross, sewer.
2: Exactly, yeah. And it goes into sort of a hill right underneath these railroad tracks. It doesn't go straight down. We don't have to drop into it. You can walk into it.
1: Creepy as
2: hell. Murder palace, basically. Pitch black. And my big fear about these things is probably comes from some like weird news story from the nineties where it's like, homeless people and gangs are now making their shelters in sewers beneath the city. That's like all these like childhood memories of like half heard or half remembered sort of scenarios are creeping up. But SBJ and these guys, these are hardened movie fans. These guys watch horror movies all the time, played Silent Hill one with the lights out and the windows open. They're just not easily scared like I am. So we go in there and we've got a flashlight SBJ is creeping forward, and you know we're stopping every 20 yards or so. There's like holes cut out in the, in the walls where I'm thinking there's rats' nests. We're looking at bugs. There's a this small trail of like water along, you know, the middle. That's just sort of widening, um, and it feels like, it feels like a hundred yards that we're going down in this thing. I mean, it feels like we're in deep.
1: To the point where the entrance is getting harder and harder to see,
2: yeah? Exactly, it's just a distant, dim point on the horizon. Not only that, but there's three other people behind me. We're cramped in here. I don't really know a lot about city construction or or how sort of the infrastructure is set up. I keep thinking we're gonna run across something we shouldn't touch or we're gonna mess up something, you know, or like sewage is gonna dump on top of us. I'm second in line and SBJ is shining the light up ahead so that we can see where we're going. Way, way out in the distance, another fifty yards away, there's this pile of black, like hefty sacks, like trash bags, not totally blocking up the tunnel. Like somebody's just like discarded a bunch of refuse down here. Um, and as soon as uh, SBJ's light touches it, I've, I'm starting to freak out. My heart's going crazy. I'm like, "Whoa, stop, stop!" There's something up there. And as a joke, SBJ just like yells out, "Meep, meep, 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 meep," and it just echoes off the walls. And the guys are, you know, laughing. Um, just so I'm like, no, no, shut up. There's really something out there. As soon as I say, you know, there's really something out there, we hear this deafening, this huge crashing sound followed by a piercing whistle. Not only that, this giant shockwave comes through the tunnel and knocks us all back, sort of on our asses, this huge, like, gust of wind. And I'm, I'm thinking, oh my god, it's over. The piercing whistle grows into this, like, loud changing, like, ringing sound, and I keep thinking, like, we've tripped something, you know, we're in the bowels of the earth and some giant machines are going off and we're going to be swallowed or buried under here alive... And then, on top of that, the trash bags themselves just lurch forward. And they start just scrambling towards us. And this sort of yell, this piercing yell comes. And, you know, we've just seen Silent Hill, my mind is racing, and in that sort of adrenaline moment, several scenarios are going through my head. One, monsters are real, everything you know is a lie, it's over two there's this homeless man and we've just disturbed his like slumber and he's coming here to murder us three this like rat king anthropomorphic pile of like mutant animals in trash bags is like working its way towards us all these other things are just all racing through my head i turn around i'm the second person in the line i'm right behind sbj ahead of will and logan but i just turn around i start running boom boom (laughs) Bust through the guys in the back, running, 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 like, breathing super heavy. 200, 300 yards, it feels like, all the way back to the entrance. I hear, like, just screaming behind me, and this rumbling sound just keeps going, 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 going. And I get outside... Where uh, fake Stephen Avery and Lindsay Rodar, and I'm just breathing, and there's there's like blood on the front of my shirt, and they're like, "Oh my God, what happened?" I said, "There's something happened. We went too far." We, I'm just trying to explain, like in this sort of manic way. something got SBJ. I don't, I don't, I don't know. They're just freaking out, and then slowly things calm down, and the guys aren't coming out of the tunnel, and I'm thinking, it's over your life as you know it has completely and irrevocably changed for the worse or your friends are fucking with you and every moment that passes it sort of dawns on me that none of this could be happening and slowly walking out of the tunnel is a man wrapped in trash bags and then I look at him and I'm like oh my god is that you? Don Stroud? It's actually just a friend of ours who it turns out SBJ had called six, seven hours earlier and said, hey, we're going to pull the Chamber of Echoes prank on McCoy. Go ahead and get it set up. And fake Don went down in the bottom of the sewer, duct taped trash bags all over himself to look weird and laid down and took a nap there for essentially three hours into this, you know, sewer tunnel that they'd cleared out. Weeks before, you know, they had lit cobwebs on fire, dusted, swept out, this whole thing. From around the backside, Donald and Chris with Bored With Life come out. And it turns out this tunnel's only like two, 300 yards long total. And uh, it opens up into a little room, you know, where more pipes can enter in the center. And then past that, it comes out the other side. And on the other side, there's a giant metal grate, which you can lift up over your head. It's like 70 pounds heavy. And what Donald and Chris do is they sit at the other end with a tape recorder of a weird, messed up, train pitch squealing children laughing noise that sbj's edited together by himself and put on a cassette tape and they sit back there and when they hear sbj go meep, 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 they press play on the tape then let the giant covering the metal grate slam down boom creates the la- large sound sends a shock wave of air rushing towards us and then don gets up and runs at us screaming in his weird trash bag setup one of the most elaborate pranks i've ever been a part of and definitely that weird prize when you realize like what the gift your friends have given you is a memory wherein you thought the whole world was completely and totally over for you know 10 seven seconds that's that's my story
1: nice i mean i cannot i simply cannot compete with that
2: that's all i've got for today yeah
1: well uh hey sean where can they find you
2: you can find me on Twitter at, at Sean McCoy. That's S-E-A-N-M-C-C-O-Y. Where can they find you, Alan?
1: Hey, thanks for asking. You can find me on the Facebook or on the tweets. I'm Alan Gerding, A-L-A-N-G-E-R, ding. You can also contact us at the podcast at contact at Tuesday night games. Spelled with a K. Yeah, that's spelled with a K. And also SBJ wanted us to ask our listeners a question that they should answer so they, we can answer it next episode. What should our question be?
2: Uh, I think it should be something horror themed. What horror movie would you like to see turned into a board game?
1: So please let us know what horror movie would you like to see turned into a board game? Well, Sean, this episode
0: is. Finished.
2: Good episode, man.